In today's episode, we're going to talk about the anxiety of making choices and how we tend to approach that in some unhelpful ways. And I'm going to give you some new tips on how to help yourself and your kid come at that differently. Welcome to the Art of Raising Humans. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of The Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sarah. And today we want to talk about the anxiety about decision making. You know? Yes. There's a lot of decisions going on in people's lives this summer. I know Mm -hmm. this episode's coming out somewhere in June. And I know some summer, the families right now who are listening are full into summer Hopefully summer fun. A lot of kids just graduated. That's right. So a lot of, we've been seeing a lot of on social media, uh, you know, kids, uh, parents our age. Uh, We had kids a little later. So a lot of parents our age, their kids are graduating and they're making some big decisions, you know? Um, But also even just people I'm seeing in the practice, there are a lot of kids who are just teenagers in general are making Mm -hmm. a lot of decisions about what school to go to next year. You know, not even, do I go to private school? Do I go to public school? Mm -hmm. But a lot of parents too, there's a lot of anxiety in the air around the end of school and going into the new school year, Mm -hmm. you know? And the world in general just seems to be a more anxious place right now, you know? Feels Um, like it. Why why is there so much anxiety, do you feel like? (laughs) We're we're all very aware of the whole world, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which we haven't been. Uh And there's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I think it's also, you're looking on social media, a lot of these kids are, and parents, Look, that kid knows exactly where they're going to go. Yeah. Look, that kid, it seems like everybody else has a plan. Mm-hmm. They they are, I mean, they're, they're going to graduate. They're going to go to that college. And that's for sure going to help them get a degree that's going to get them success, right? Or even kids who are younger, 12, 13, 14, they wish they could go to that other school because they know friends who go there and they know that would definitely be a better school. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's a lot of um, gripping, you know, like really it's tension about are we making the right choices as we're going into this next year, this next yeah. school year? Yeah. Uh, we even personally feel some of that with sports or mm-hmm. whatever their extracurricular stuff are. And you think, oh, this could lead to a scholarship someday. Or if you don't get them in early and while they're young, they won't be able to go as far or you're going to, you know, so even just that thinking, um, do we enroll them in this? Do we start yeah. this or yeah. how serious should we be about that? Yeah. And they're, and yeah. You know, your kids might be six, eight years old. Yes, I know. Four years old. And it seems so important yeah. right now. And yes. even we have to struggle with that a little bit too. Yes, yeah. Like, we have this? some decisions on our plate that, yes. that you know, you hear all this, well, you'd better do it now because yeah. it's going to impact 10 years from now. Well, just so listeners know, the way Sarah and I decide the topics that we're going to speak on, sometimes it is stuff that we're personally dealing with, with our own parenting, mm-hmm. yeah. um, within ourselves as parents, but also, you know, we get it from people who tell us, hey, this would be a great topic. I'd love to hear about that. Um, or it's it's a topic that keeps coming up when we're helping coach parents or I'm, I'm helping kids at the private practice um, mm-hmm. called Parenting Legacy. I'm seeing a lot of things coming up. And in that, Sarah, there'll be certain ways of thinking about it that come to me. And I, I you and I talk about it together. And I'm just seeing a lot of relief on parents and kids when they just change how they're looking at this decision-making process. Yeah, so then, then I think, man, we should share this. We should go ahead and talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and before yeah. we dive into it, I want to make sure, you know, please, if this is helping you, if you're enjoying these podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a review on whatever platform you're looking at. The more stars we get, um, the more comments we get, the more likely people are to see the podcast. And we'd love 
so many parents throughout the world to have access to this. So please leave us those comments, um, give us the five stars. All those things are great. And if you have ideas for future um, podcasts as well, throw those out to us. So you can reach us. You can go to our website at parentinglegacy.com and you can email us there or go to Facebook, Instagram. We're always getting messages from there about different ideas people have or things they like or things that help them. So we'd love to get that feedback. Okay, so let's dive into it. Something I found, Sarah, that um, I kind of took it from this angle was lots of times when kids come in, um, it, it, it may not be something that, that the parents and kids really understand or think about, that they're trying to um, manage their anxiety. And the way they're trying to do that is by making the right choice, you know? Yeah. For the parents, it may look like making the right choice to put them in that sport or the right choice to, you know, um, demand they do homework or the right choices to, do I pay them for chores? Whatever the choice is. The parent is anxious, and I'm sure listeners, you can, am I making the right choice? Are we taking mm-hmm. the right path? So a lot of times parents come to us just for that reassurance. They want to know, mm-hmm. am I making the right choice? Or the kids, like, am I picking the right college? Or am I picking the right degree? Or you know, all those kind of things. Because we kind of all learn the message in the world, the message, I don't know, I feel like I encounter it all the time. There's a right and wrong to all these choices. And and while we want to know there's consequences for choices, it yeah. also does create this huge anxiety because yeah, you yeah. feel like I've got to find my one path. Yes. And um, even religion can tie mm-hmm. into that sure. a lot. There's yeah, yeah, one yeah. path and you yes. and you need to do this one path yeah. and you'd better and you get it, it right. This way. Yes. You'd yeah. better get it right yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah. it's it's going to be terrible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'll use the word going into to religion kind of, I'll use the word faith lots of times and talk about you know, I talk about faith and we can supplement that word with trust. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of goes down to what the parent or the kid, where they're putting their faith or trust. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then what I'd ask my love for listeners to be thinking about this, what do you see as the opposite of faith or trust? You know, and, and I want them to think about that for a minute and wrestle with it. Okay. So what do you think, Sarah, and more often than not, they say is the opposite of faith and trust? Doubt. So many of them will quickly say that they'll say it's doubt and because they see faith or trust as absent, it's absent of doubt, you know? Yeah. Yes. But really that's, that's where I, I say when, when I'm helping them and I think even in counseling, we know this working with humans, that that's not how faith and trust works. That doubt is actually an integral component of faith and trust, mm-hmm. you know, faith and trust by its very definition is me believing in something I cannot see, you know, mm-hmm. that I actually can't grasp or necessarily even quantify, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I like to say a lot, Sarah, to to the clients, um, I'd like to say to them, I I have um, I have faith that my wife loves me. I have trust that you love me, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 yes, there's always doubt there. I think in every relationship you have, there's doubt. But really the opposite of the faith and trust isn't doubt. I would contend it's certainty, okay? Mm. That it's it's believing a certain. So when I start to believe that your love for me is a certainty, mm. yeah. what's a possible outcome to that? When I start to believe there's no doubt. You, you might be wrong. <laughs> you can't help yourself. <laughs> you have to love me. Yeah, yeah. Right? It really takes away your free will, doesn't it? Yes. And then it also, I think, makes me take it for granted, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think... You have to love me. Because sometimes you see that in relationships where people do act like it's a yes. certainty. Yeah. Well, and obviously, they do start to yeah. take that person, that relationship for granted. And, and they, they start to, I mean, that's where we know marriages all over the world 
and I mean, they end in affairs. They, they, uh, there's divorces. I mean, 50% mm-hmm. of the, uh, at least in America, end in divorce. And I'm sure a lot of those people thought the love they had was a certainty, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, I like to think of your love for me, not as a certainty, but as an act of faith or trust on my part. Now, I always tell them that you make it really easy to trust it because you act very loving towards me. So the doubt is minimal. I have minimal doubts. Mm-hmm. But, but to say that there's never times where we aren't acting loving towards each other and a little doubt can't creep in right. is just not being honest, you know, because mm-hmm. it can be there. Mm-hmm. And same, I think it's true with kids. You know, I think, you know, we as parents want to think it's a certainty that our kids know that we love them. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but we hope. Yeah, but, but what does it kids, even our own kids at times, say back to us when we've yelled at yeah. them or gotten mad? What's, yeah, what's they feel like they, that you don't love me. Like, you don't love me. Yeah, and yeah, then they feel like it. And lots of times we and the parents that we help will say, that's ridiculous. Like, of yeah. course I love you. And I know I think it too. That's ridiculous. Do you know all the things I've done for you? Right. How can you not I know that? I love you so much. Yeah. But the kid is basically saying, you're making it harder for me to believe that when you act so unloving towards me. Yeah. In these moments. Yeah. Right. And, and, and obviously if I was yelling at you, it would also feel unloving towards you. Yes. And you would have, you could have this doubt in there of if he loved me, why would he talk to me this way? Mm-hmm. Right now, as adults, we have a little more understanding of that nuance, but I think kids, they're, they're, they're almost black and white concrete thinking is very helpful in this because it, it is really honest when they, yeah. when, you know, I know our son in particular he, he gets real sensitive if I, if we yell at him or get upset right, with him right. and, and then he'll come back with tears in his eyes and say, I, I just don't feel like you love me. Mm-hmm. And, and it is kind of a wrestling thing of like, that's nonsense. But then also saying, yeah, that I could see why he'd feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, and I'd I th- rather we can understand it or not. Yeah. They feel that way. Exactly. They're seeing the situation. 100%. premise I'm trying to put out there that I think is helpful is instead of looking at um, the way to move away from anxiety is to move away this is to move towards certainty, which I think is a lot, a lot of people want. Okay. They want to know, I think it's even some people, maybe people are listening to this podcast, right? Some people pick up parenting books. They're like, tell me the certain way to do this. What is the right way to parent? And then I'll have a great relationship with my child. My child will grow up to be a successful, wonderful human. If I just know these five steps Mm -hmm. and that's sold a lot. It is sold a lot. Yes. And even we might even give that off, you know, know, with with a a reel we're doing or something. It might Mm -hmm. seem like it's that simple. Mm-hmm. But actually, our goal isn't that. Our goal isn't to make this thing certain for you. Mm-hmm. It's really to help build your trust in yourself and with your kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's the thing you're working towards. That none of this, even what we're doing. I mean, you and I both are licensed counselors. We've been trained by some really great people. We are very intentional, but we don't take it for granted uh, that the relationship we have with our kids is so good. You know, mm-hmm. we don't believe it's a given. Mm-hmm. The kids don't have to have a great relationship with us. Yeah. You know, and I think that's always in the back of my mind is something that you have to work at. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, and and I, my mind is just going to all the places we look for certainty, you know, diets, vitamins, yep. Yep. you know, this will guarantee my health forever. Yep. Uh, money, you know, if I work or go get this education or this training or do this thing or invest in this certain way. But time and time, history will show us, yeah. you know, stock market crashes or yes, or you never know. Pandemics hit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
we seek it mm-hmm. to feel safe mm-hmm. and secure and guarantee our future. And yeah. but that certainty just really doesn't fully exist. Well, and in this age of information, I think even more so, Sarah, we think that certainty is within our grasp. I can just find. I can just search. I can Google it enough. I can Google it and then I know for certain, right? So a lot of parents, actually, I think their frustration in that we work with them on is we're not selling that. I'm not selling certainty to them. I'm actually, we're trying to help them get to a healthier place with their relationship with their kid where it makes that outcome more likely, but it doesn't make it certain. And anybody who sells you that is not being honest with you because it's not certain. Okay. So, so. With the kids, though, I think the kids in particular, they're feeling so anxious because they're, I mean, most of these kids have been raised now in the information age their entire lives. Mm-hmm. They they have been sold that whatever answer they need, they can just go Google it or they can mm-hmm. find an expert who will you tell them. You can get certainty. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> and, Look and, right here. And it's not even to say, Sarah, there aren't things that are certain. There are, right? Like, I don't trust gravity. I just believe it's certain. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't trust in my breathing. I believe I will breathe. I'll wake up. So there's a lot of things that actually are certain. But the, the thing I want to draw a distinction to is relationships aren't. Okay. Mm-hmm. That with human beings, it's always going to take work. It's never certain. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it even like animals, to some extent, there is some certainty with animals, you know? I mean, if we train our dog this and this way, but even then you have moments where we're doing everything right. we thought. We're tra- I know, that's right. the dog does its own thing. So with everything that has a brain and can do its own thing, there is always going to be a measure of trust that's needed to keep that relationship healthy and strong. Right? Uh-huh. So, so the kids are coming and the kids are saying, how do I make these choices? And they've seen their parents many times pursue this idea. If you're anxious, lean into certainty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the thing that blows these kids' minds is when you reveal to them, that's actually not how anxiety goes away. You know, anxiety in just a simple definition is me fast forwarding to the future. And it, it's actually, a, it's a good, it's a good feeling. I mean, it's not negative. It's not bad. You may not like it. It may feel, you know, kind of uncomfortable, mm-hmm. yeah. but anxiety is there to say, it's a service. study for that test. Yeah. You know? and, but once again, it's not to say study for that test and that makes sure you get a hundred. It's just saying if you study for that test, you're more likely to succeed. You know? right. So the anxiety says, I don't want a bad outcome, so I'm going to do something to try to make a better outcome. Yeah. Right. So that anxiety, I'm glad it's there. Kids who aren't anxious about their future, I'm kind of like a little dumbfounded. Like, why wouldn't you be? Because <laughs> okay. you don't. Yeah. The future is uncertain for you, son. <laughs> you know, so like, there should be a little bit of anxiety about yeah, what's it's, coming it's, So the anxiety is a natural thing. The anxiety is there to serve you in some way, give you messages and, and be be a voice as you choose your path. Well, the anxiety so. is even saying that kid or that parent is aware, aware that this outcome is not a certainty. That's yeah. what it's saying. Yeah. So we want to get rid of that feeling by becoming more certain, but I don't want you to do that. I would rather the kid or the parent lean into trust. Trust is what helps alleviate the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then that question would be then, where am I putting my trust? You know? Mm-hmm. So even when a kid goes, okay, I could see that. Or an adult says, oh, I get that. Where am I putting my trust? Or some people might say, quote unquote, where should I put my trust? And I'd just be more curious instead of throw the should out, just where are you putting your trust? So where are some places, Sarah, that people tend to put their trust? In knowledge. Okay, great. Yeah. Google. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like accumulating information. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, experts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, their friends advice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe mentors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they may go to 
to go to a parenting coach or they may go towards a, a counselor to kind of help them, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's all different ways we pursue that trust, okay? I just think it's important for every listener to go, where am I putting my trust? Yeah. Okay, where am I putting that my trust? Self-awareness always helps. Yeah, because then I can better understand maybe where I'm not putting my trust. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why I'm putting it here? Why am I putting it there? Is that serving me? Is there somewhere else I might want to look? Yeah. Yeah. And, may, and maybe I'm anxious because I'm putting my trust in something that's not that trustworthy. Yeah. Right. So that's a good sign too. Maybe I'm anxious and it's not that I'm wanting certainty. It's just that thing I've been trusting is unreliable. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not that trustworthy. I keep trusting in it. You know, it's very much similar to a lot of parents are, are can feel that when a, a, your, your kid has a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're like, why do you keep trusting in what they say? They mm-hmm. seem to keep giving you wrong answers, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so you can see that where kids sometimes put their trust in sources that aren't that reliable, mm-hmm. you know? So it goes back to where am I putting my trust and why am I putting it there? You know? So I find Sarah, whenever I do this with kids, some kids who are kids who've grown up in faith homes, they'll say they do trust God. That's the place they put trust. They might even say they trust their parents. Okay. Mm-hmm. And lots of them have mistakenly learned to only trust those two sources, right? Mm-hmm. And they haven't expanded that trust because this isn't about them just trusting one source. You're wanting your kid to have multiple places where they can they can put their trust to then make the best decision, you know? Mm-hmm. So it might even be some kids say, I don't trust my parents, so I trust my friends. And I'd be like, well, I mean, is there something you can trust with your parents? And I try to point them back to that too, because I think there is a lot there they can glean from their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think the one they most struggle with, Sarah, almost every time is trusting themselves. Why do you think that is? Why would that be so hard for them to trust themselves? Uh, you're told not to trust yourself. How so? <laughs> most yeah. of your life. <laughs> well, even just the, uh, you know, even from a little age, kids are told with their feelings, you know, yeah. oh, don't worry about that. Yes. Or you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. That's not a don't big deal. Don't be scared. Go back to bed. There's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. yeah. So, so they get the message. Oh, this thing inside of me that's saying, whatever it might be. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm, oh no, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. So they learn to just disregard and that, mm, not that inner voice yeah. is wrong. Yeah, It's just wrong. So I need yeah. to look outside yeah. to know what I am. People outside of me always know better than I know myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think there's a flip side too. Some kids I do run into that do trust themselves they disregard everybody else. Right. Yeah, you know, they only right. trust themselves. Okay. So right. I hope what everyone's the listeners are hearing, I'm not advocating for either of those. Yeah. But I find more often than not, it is the kid not trusting themselves. Well, and obviously if you have a four-year-old who's terrified of thunder and yes. a storm, yep. and you know they're safe, mm-hmm. they're safe. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. they feel not safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's more, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but it is that we're not saying, oh, you need to say, you're right. You're not safe. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, it's, but it's that honoring what they're feeling inside of yeah. their body and then helping them connect. Well, I would say it's honoring. Others. It's also helping them tune into it. Yes, right. Yeah. Because sometimes they are giving more weight to it than is necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. But to give no weight to it all is right. detrimental. We right. Don't. So right. I'm really wanting the kid to tune into that and, and learn how to take into account. It's not the sole source of mm-hmm. information, but mm-hmm. it is a very vital source of information. Mm-hmm. You know, And many of these kids have been taught to only trust people outside of them, specifically right. their parents. Because like you said, from a very young age, they've been taught to disregard it, 
or to naturally have a suspicion for it. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like the message has been sent to some kids that the thing within them is actually bad or evil. You know, right. so don't listen to it at all. Just listen to us. Mm-hmm. Always do what we say rather than actually listen to what you want to do. And then, and then advocate for that, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I think it's really important with these big decisions. If you're seeing your kid anxious, if you as a parent, I know, like I said, even with these decisions we're making, if there's this anxiousness in there, the first step I want to do is go, am I seeking certainty? Am I trying to seek out information just to make, make it to where I know for sure that's the right, that's the right thing? Or am I leaning into trust? What I mean by that, trusting myself, trusting my kid, trusting other people in my life that have been trustworthy mm-hmm. and have wisdom to share with me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and none of them are the sole source, you know, mm-hmm. all of them have something to offer though, you mm-hmm. know? And I think the more, the more, uh, not that you need like 20 people, you know, but I right. think having three or four trusted voices that you can bring together to make a better decision. And I think that's one of the coolest skills you can teach your kid Yeah, is how to do that. Yeah. You know? And I really feel honored when mm-hmm. parents bring, their kid to me to let me be one of those voices, yeah. you know, but even then I don't want to be the sole voice. Mm-hmm. That's actually unhealthy. It'd be mm-hmm. unhealthy if the kid thought I was the only one that knew what was best for them. Mm-hmm. I really do believe they know something about that too. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, so, so this is why how we parent is so important because inevitably we want to raise kids who trust themselves and have trustworthy people in their lives because there is always going to be anxiety in this world and they're always going to be facing anxiety. So one of the things we can do as parents is really join hand in hand with them to teach ourselves how to trust what's in them and also to teach them how to trust what's in them too and, and how that we can trust each other on this journey because we want to do this. We want to co-create that future together. And the more you're with me, Sarah, the less anxious I am about it mm-hmm. because I know it's going to be okay. Because even if I, we make a choice that sucks and it goes sideways you're with me mm-hmm. you know yeah that's a, that i was thinking it's not guaranteeing that the future will be exactly what you want that there'll be no obstacles there'll be no you know even catastrophic things that come your way but with that group of people it's trusting that you can navigate those things and you might even change com- courses completely you know yeah you know, easy one is a degree. I'm going to go and I do know. this. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. and you're, you're, you're all, maybe you're all on board with it. And then two years into that program, you realize that's not for you yeah. and you're going to change. Yeah. Maybe even go to a different school, but yes. this is more knowing that I've got these people and my, and I'm listening to myself mm-hmm. that I can navigate those waters. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really hope this inspires parents to move towards trust. Help your kids move towards that. Let's move away from just seeking certain answers about everything, okay? When that anxiety comes, what am I trusting in? Where am I putting my trust? How are we leaning into trusting each other more in this decision-making process? Um, because they need to know they're not alone in this process. And they need mm-hmm. to know, even when you're not there, that there is a voice within themselves that they can trust and listen to, you know? It's okay to do that. And, it, and it's really, yeah. I think it's not okay, but vital. Yeah. They need to yeah. listen to that, right? And I think yeah. sometimes we as parents, we, we overemphasize listening to our own voice because we get afraid if they just listen to that, where it's going to take them, you mm-hmm. know? And, mm-hmm. and that's detrimental to them trusting it within themselves. So I hope this helps you understand anxiety um, a little differently, that this isn't a, a podcast meant to answer all questions about anxiety, but it is to just give you a different framework of, of just shining a light on how we tend to want to get answers so we can no longer feel anxious. But every relationship requires two important things, trust and risk. 
and you aren't going to get rid of those. Every decision has an element of trust and risk, and those aren't just going to go away. And, and you actually should be a little suspicious when you're thinking it requires neither of those, you know, because then I'm probably deluding myself on that decision. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I hope this was helpful for you today and helped you kind of come alongside your kids more and even um, you as a, maybe as a couple to, to lean into each other more about these decisions you're making together as couples, about, about your future, about your kids' future, about the goals you're setting together, um, to, to lean more into that, to understanding each other more deeply and trusting each other more. And I hope it, hope it helps alleviate some of that anxiety a little bit um, on these big, big choices going forward. So I just want to say um, thank you for listening. We always appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we just, we love the feedback and um, please share this, especially with kids, you know, are going off to college and um, going into their senior year and need to make some choices. This has really been helpful to a lot of kids that I've seen in practice. Have a great day. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only. 